1: You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Hi, Butch Patrick here, Eddie Munster.
2: You're listening to the Neverland podcast. Up to Neverland. Second star of the right, straight until morning. Neverland.
1: Good morning,
3: Neverland! Hello and welcome to episode 96 of the Neverland podcast. Make sure you take that pixie out of your pocket, sprinkle some of that pixie dust around and have your happiest thought. We are going to have some beginning of October fun, although uh, we're not really a haunted Neverland at this point. Uh, we've just got so much other things to cover, but uh, we've got some fall TV, superhero TV premieres. And we've got some theme park news, uh, some kind of really big news that, so far from what I've seen, a lot of people are not very ha- happy about. Uh, we are also going to start during October. I'm going to have the an iTunes review drive. What I want you to do is write us a review on iTunes, make sure you copy and paste that in an email to podcast at neverlandpodcast.com, and there will be some prizes for at least three of you, uh, unless Jesse wants to add something, there could be four, for giving us an iTunes review, but let's get started.
1: This is Gary Gnu, and the No Gnu's is Good Gannou's show, the only TV Gnu's program guaranteed. Dicadane no
0: whatsoever. Never news from the Disney parks.
3: <laughs> okay, I'm going to just read this exactly the way uh, Theme Park Insider has has phrased this out. But uh the Walt Disney World and Disneyland Resorts have both raised their prices for their annual passes and they just did this overnight. I'm recording here on Sunday and I found out about this by looking at Facebook through uh, some various other Disney fans and people are really kind of upset about these price increases and there's a lot of people saying that they're just not going to renew. Uh, now here's what I'm going to read directly from what Theme Park Insider says. It says that Walt Disney World Disney is introducing gold, platinum and platinum plus passes replacing the old Florida seasonal pass, annual pass and premium annual pass. The Gold Pass will sell for $549 and includes admission to all Walt Disney World parks with 43 blockout dates. The Platinum Pass sells for $749 and is good every day of the year and now throws in Photo Pass downloads. The Platinum Plus Pass also adds the water parks and ESPN Wide World of Sports admissions and Oak Trail Gold Course green fees. Discounts for renewals and for Florida residents remain available. Uh, previously for Florida resident seasonal annual passes sold for $329 and annual passes roughly the equivalent of the new the new pre- platinum pass sold for 654 dollars so it was roughly a 100 to 200 hundred dollar price increase i've been seeing on facebook some people feel like they've got a 300 hundred dollar increase on theirs uh, but here's also what theme park insider has to say about the other side of the world at disneyland the disney the it says the disney will no longer sell premium annual passes it's funny that they, they accidentally have a but disney uh, but Disney will no longer sell premium annual passes while adding Signature and Signature Plus levels. The Southern California Select Pass increases from 299 to 329 The Deluxe Pass increased from 549 from 599 well, They didn't word that very well either. <laughs> but the new Signature AP is reported to cost $849, an increase from the $779 for the old premium pass. However, the Signature Pass will be blocked out for two weeks over the Christmas holidays. The Signature Plus Pass will have no blockout dates. And Costco reported one thousand and forty-nine dollars. And the two Disneyland signature passes will also now include photo pass downloads. Uh, the two resort premiere pass, which includes both Walt Disney World and Disneyland, now sells for one thousand four hundred thirty-nine dollars plus tax—an increase from one thousand dollars and ninety-nine cents. So that's that's at least the three hundred increase, I guess, right there. That probably some people are talking about because that's a little more than three hundred dollars. I mean, this is a really big increase I think uh, but I'm figuring this is probably paying for the new Star Wars land, the new Toy Story land so uh, I guess you're putting more money into the parks for more things and you're, you're going to get a lot of things that you want but uh, I have a feeling they might be hitting a tipping point where some people just really can't afford that uh, because they have a lot of you know non-California non-Florida residents but they just like to frequently visit the parks and they'll buy these annual passes and they'll just repeatedly use it and feel like they were getting their money's worth They might not feel like they're getting their money's worth now, unless they're living near one of the parks. So I'm sure people who live near the parks that could go every day if they wanted to, you know, they probably will. Oh well, that's okay. I'm I'm getting my money's worth if I I can visit at least twenty times a year, you know. So yeah, it might hurt their sales. Now I know the increase in ticket sales has not really been that popular for some of us that really have a hard time affording it, and uh, it's it is becoming to uh, I think a lot of us here in Middle America. That trip to a Disney park might be that once-in-a-lifetime event. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're, they're paying for all these new things. So uh, we'll just see how this works out. Okay. As another quick announcement, this is not theme park news. But I mentioned previously that Behind the Magic, another Disney podcast, was having a tournament of Disney podcasts. And uh, round two has begun. They have told us that this category now is creativity. So they wanted me to create about approximately a two-minute segment, as well as a two-minute uh, sort of elevator pitch on why the judges should choose my two-minute segment to be the winner of this round. Uh, they didn't say I couldn't share it with you guys, but uh, I do want you to go uh, to go, you know, behind the magic. Uh, I think that you, know, if you search for BTM or Behind the Magic, you should be able to find them on iTunes and everything. And go check out the podcast. Uh, they seem to do a little bit more of a daily. They have short shows and everything. They get kind of behind the scenes on a lot of things around Disney parks. So very fun little show. But um, I wanted to go ahead and preview what I have submitted for the creativity uh, right here because I think it's really kind of fun and cute, and I thought you would enjoy it. And. Uh, Uh, This is the only way Heather gets to be a part of the show this week, so uh, here it is. Well, hey there, behind the magic fans. We're Jeremy the Spider Man
4: and Heather the Wendy Nerd from the Neverland Podcast. I'd like to talk to you a bit about what it's like when you like Disney, but you find yourself living with a fanatic. I have to admit, I knew Jeremy had a few interesting quirks before I married him.
3: Look, honey, I made my 12-inch Spider Man figure look like
4: he's web swinging across the room by nailing strings to the wall. I'm sitting right now in a room filled with toys that he calls an office. Studio, I record a podcast in here. Yes, dear. But I had no idea what would happen when an old friend of his invited him to Walt Disney World. Woohoo! I'm no longer a Disney Park virgin! But when he got back, he was different.
3: Well, look at this, honey. It's a Haunted Mansion life game. We have to play this every Halloween. Oh, look, honey. I got you a beaker keychain. Well, hey, why aren't you using it?
4: So now the toys...
3: Display items.
4: Whatever, dear. They're spreading all over our home. It's not just in this studio. It's in the living room. It's in the bedroom. Hey, look what I got. It's a plush Mickey Mouse. Isn't he adorable? And now Mickey watches over us when we sleep. And soon he made friends.
3: I can't leave him without his best pals, Donald and Goofy. Oh, look, honey. It's Mickey dressed like Spider-Man.
4: Oh, yes. And how could I forget the days when his obsessions were suddenly combined? Always the Spider-Man and Star Wars fan, now Disney has brought them all together.
3: Oh, look at these figures! They're Disney characters dressed as Star Wars characters! I've got to hang them all on the wall!
4: There are some benefits though. I love anime and Disney has released the Studio Ghibli movies over here in the United States. Happy Birthday!
3: Merry Christmas! Guess what I got for
4: you! Now I can watch Spirited Away anytime I want.
3: Whatcha watching?
4: Oh, Spirited Away.
3: Whatcha watching?
4: Howl's Moving Castle?
3: Whatcha watching?
4: Spirited Away.
3: What you watching?
4: Castle in the Sky. What you watching? Spirited Away. Well, okay, so I have my fandom too. I guess that's what makes us a good pair.
3: And that's why you're my new co-host on the Neverland Podcast.
4: On iTunes and Stitcher. And NeverlandPodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening. And keep a pixie in your pocket.
1: Time out. The Great Space Coaster will return
3: after these messages. The kids of the 70s
2: and 80s are all grown up, but the good times of childhood don't have to end. Our generation can share the fun and fandom of our youth with the next generation and bring the past into the future. And wrap it all up to make a fantastic present. Join Jedi Schwa and Shaz Bazaar every Monday morning to get your work week started by reminiscing about the past and exploring the future with your earbuds on TechnoRetro Dads. So find us on iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, or on TechnoRetroDads.com, part of
1: the Glass Digital Network. I'm in. Now back to the program.
3: Okay, Neverlanders, it's time to get our geek on. Big time. There is a lot of fall TV that we have to be prepared for. And some of it is new, but a lot of it is some returning favorites that, uh, really, I, over the last year, I got pretty excited about. You know, these shows have been going in great directions. But in order to talk about these shows, I needed to bring in some experts. Because. I tend to forget sometimes what happened in the previous season, and sometimes it's fun to talk about, with other people about what you might see coming in the next season. So we're here with Jedi Schwa, also known as Josh, on other, some of his other shows, from Techno Retro Dads and Scarlet Velocity and Green Justice and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Case Files. And also his partner, Jay Shepard, which I don't think you have a cool nickname, do you? Oh, yeah, oh I does. totally do. <laughs> oh, it's, it's way better than mine. <laughs> jovial J,
1: jovial J. Well,
3: hey, that's a good. It's good to be jovial in Neverland. It helps you fly. Yeah. <laughs> so that does work. But uh, my goodness, fall TV has just got so much stuff in as far as in the genre of superhero TV. We'll just kind of keep it there, of course. um But we'll start. Okay, like I mentioned, you guys have a show that's Agents of Shield case files. I figure that's on iTunes. It is. Yes. And any other good locations for it, a website or anything?
1: Uh, randomchatter.com is the uh, is the home for all the uh, superhero podcasts that that we do together. And and shortly, you'll also be able to find them on <clears throat> forcecast.net in the uh, Outer Rim channel uh, over
3: there. Awesome. You're spreading out. <laughs> but uh, So let's talk a little bit about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Now, at the time of this recording, the uh, premiere of the third season was actually just last night and I just watched it this afternoon, uh, I tell you what, I am blown away, I uh, I think this might be one of their best seasons yet.
2: I'm really excited about this season, because, uh, and uh, Jay and I have kind of talked a little bit about this um, on our show that, that's coming up, there is so many different ways that they could go this season, and I think they have a lot more uh, options for, for cool storylines, so um, the premiere just uh, it blew me away, and, and uh, they're already kind of hitting the ground running right away with new kinds of superpowers and um, uh, lots of uh, uh, dangers that they're going to have to take care of.
1: As I was talking with my uh, comic shop owner today, he was checking with me. He's like, did they do a previously on S.H.I.E.L.D. at the beginning of this episode? And I'm like, no, I don't think so. And he's like, because I could not remember for the life of me what happened last season. (laughs) So he had to go to Netflix and review it. There was so much going on. And I I was, I I mean, I was very excited by the premiere, but I was also kind of disappointed because I didn't get to some of the storylines that I really wanted to, find out more about in this first episode especially with stuff with uh agent ward i wanted to see what was going on with him but i they i think they took care of the most important stuff and where they're going based on what we've seen from this episode and and what they've what they've talked about and you know uh, with the secret warriors and all that kind of stuff that's coming up this this is a real real strong season it looks like so far
3: yeah, yeah. I think that's partially why a lot of people struggled with the first season is it It had some powers kind of the first episode, but then it's functioned a little bit more uh with the being agents and, you know, like we're a gov- secret but not quite government agency kind of thing. And they were behaving like agents. And I think some people just weren't able to follow with that. So I think coming out this strong with this much with powers, I think is going to attract the people who just love superpowered stuff. And when you come out flying with a guy who's melting metal and then now, you know, Daisy, formerly Sky, has got full control over her powers. And I forget what her actual name is in the comics Quake. or uh, superhero name. Hmm? Quake. Quake, yes. I keep wanting to call her Vibe, but that's a completely different thing. Yep. Which hopefully we'll be able to talk about Vibe maybe sometime this season as well on a different show. Sounds I mean, like we'll it. we see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Sounds now, like now if
2: you don't uh, already know this, they're, they're – Taking a lot of the uh, storyline ideas from Agents of Shield uh, this season from a comic book storyline um, called Secret Warriors uh, and and that was a very uh, oh I don't know Jay would you say it was a, kind of an iconic storyline uh, that that uh, went on for a little while a few years ago um, yeah I mean
1: it was its own it was its own series um, mm-hmm. but it, uh, it it definitely continued the Shield storyline after the. Um, uh, uh, was it a secret invasion crossover event. It kind of picked up some of the threads from that and the uh, dis- dissolution of shield, I guess. Yeah. And so a lot of the um, stories that they're going to have this season
2: were at, le- at least inspired by uh, some of the uh, events in that comic book storyline. So people are pretty excited about that because it was a, it was a well-loved comic.
3: Also, I'm seeing a, uh... Because I, I haven't really kept up with the Inhumans. I've kind of started narrowing down where I was just reading Spider-Man, but now not even that because they've messed with that so much. Yeah. But that's a whole other issue. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I had to go and actually look up Lash to see who he was after he made this appearance in there. Because, oh my gosh, he I thought from the silhouette that they teased a little bit that it was um, uh, Reyna coming back. Mm-hmm. So I thought, wait a minute, isn't she dead? But then it turns out somebody else who has a very kind of porcupine sort of look, and it's this guy Lash who they – Kept pretty secret of what he's up to, but if you go and look at, I guess it's like uh, I had to look around. This like Inhumans one and two, yeah. you'll see his some of his first appearances, and you'll find out a reason why some of the Inhumans are disappearing, and some of them are found dead. There's probably more that are disappearing that are not dead that maybe we'll see later but I don't want to spoil anything of what I've learned, but it looks like they're focusing on his storyline a little bit as well.
1: Right. And interestingly enough with the, uh, the fish oil premise that they have, where there's part of this Terrigen mist crystal stuff that got into the fish and was ground up into the fish oil, which is what caused, uh, uh, Joey Rodriguez, uh, Joey Gutierrez or whoever it was at the beginning of the show to develop his superpowers. Um, Lash actually developed his superpowers. He was uh, he was just a small little character named Sonic uh, that ingested some fish oil and then you know grew up to this big bad bad guy,
3: big scary bad guy. <laughs> looking for rings.
1: Uh... He is looking for rings.
3: <laughs> no, my gosh, yes, because he does kind of look like Sonic the Hedgehog. Now I've got that in my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's all ruined for me now.
2: <laughs> she's, she's gonna just, she's gonna Daisy's gonna hit him with big, you know, quake powers, and they're all gonna fly out of him. It's a,
3: just yeah, like... all the rings will and then some weird little fox and human with two tails will come flying. Okay. <laughs> yeah. See, they got
1: lots of possible stories there. <laughs> yeah, they, there's much they can do with that. So.
3: Oh my goodness. Right, now, so then Hyder will come out with this doctor guy who's trapping small animals and turning them into robots. And <laughs>
2: <laughs> Now, uh, you know, we still the, – the premiere didn't tell us anything like you said, Jay, uh, nothing about Ward. Um, we also don't know where May is at these days, so uh, I'm anxious to see Agent May and I know that uh, that's been teased a little bit on Twitter or at least uh, – they're, they are teasing us. I don't know how much <laughs> information we've got, but um she definitely will be back
3: soon, I would think. Yeah. Yeah, I guess she's off uh rekindling with her uh ex-husband. Cuz all all that was said, it was Colson mentions that she's on been on a vacation and he feels like he's missing his right arm as well as his left.
1: Yes. Yeah, very cool. Which
3: how cool is this robotic arm Colson has.
1: I fooled the bad guys, that was for sure. I thought that was that was great that uh, when they were handcuffing him, I'm like that's – he's going to get out of that pretty easily, I think. <laughs> the same thing. <clears throat>
3: like yeah. I just love the way he uh, – to to make sure everybody had noticed because I wasn't thinking about his arm getting chopped off until he, he's uh, talking to oh uh, uh, Hunter and says, well, I wouldn't want to do anything that makes you feel uncomfortable. And he just twists and pulls the arm off and sets it down. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's a perfect way to remind us, oh, yeah, he had to have his arm chopped off. And then later, I love in the research lab that you see his arm is there under glass being studied in the research lab. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they
1: did really oh, cool. That's just awesome. They did a good job of that. And I was concerned about how they were going to pull that off. And, you know, he just wears long sleeves and, and a glove. And it's so Clark Gregg can walk around and do the majority of his work. And it was only kind of in the one scene at the end of the episode where he had i you know probably had to wear like a blue sock on his hand so they could mm-hmm. digitally edit it out and stuff like that but uh uh well done i i, I want to see more he said it was his i don't know third or fourth hand that he'd gone through so uh, i i feel like maybe we're going to see upgrades throughout the the season which would be kind of cool maybe get one with a claw and a you know fish hook or something i don't know <laughs> or, uh you know um, <laughs>
3: Some uh, advanced technological weapons, maybe borrowed a little bit from a little bit of alien technology. Yeah, a little
1: deathlock uh, action there.
3: Yeah. Well,
1: you know, they they took
2: uh, Sky and turned her into a character that already is established in the Marvel Universe, you know, <laughs> in, in Daisy Johnson. And maybe they're taking Coulson and they're establishing him as like Inspector Gadget or something.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> go, go, shield cloth.
1: Sorry about
3: that, Chief. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny if nick fury actually comes back and comes out of hiding and everything and then he gives him a this message will self-destruct in two seconds oh. yeah, darn it i just of, killed nick fury again how communicating
2: with it
1: yeah. <laughs> so.
2: but no oh, I, I am goodness. very excited i think i'm even more excited this season uh for shield than i was um last season and and uh, uh i thought they did a pretty good job at least uh uh, after after they really started getting going, the second half of the season started getting really exciting. So yeah, the, um... the
1: lead in from season one was was an, a, a pick up at the end of season one, and so I think season two started off pretty well. But then it it had a little falter uh, in the first half, but second half of last year was great, and uh, this just picked up and just kept kept running with the ball. So I'm hoping they can uh, kind of elevate everything and and get more people watching. I, I think a lot of people are. Uh, I, I have some friends I know that started watching and they did like the first year just because they felt they wanted to commit to that, but then they were like, no, nah, this is kind of lame. And I'm like, it, it's really gotten to a great spot. And that's what we try to uh, tell people about on our show uh, just to, you know, keep people interested in it. And it's not like we're 100% sold on it all the time. There's, there's a lot of time where I'm just complaining about uh, this show specifically. There were a lot of faults uh, with it, but they they are they're trying to do the right thing i think and uh and have really i think found their niche now
3: yeah and especially expanding into other planets with uh simmons being somewhere on some planet who knows where that's so much potential for her to maybe have an encounter with uh well we've already seen the cree introduced in the cinematic universe but i'd love to see some scrolls
1: yeah. That'd Although be nice. I've, I, I've
3: heard rumor that Fox maybe is still trying to claim on them because of Fantastic Four, but they've never used a scroll. Right. so I'm thinking, forget you guys. Let's have some scrolls.
1: Yeah. Supposedly the Chitari are the closest thing they could have done to that since they are supposedly shapeshifters as well. Um, I wouldn't hmm. mind for them to, uh, you know, drop in a little Guardians of the Galaxy reference. Um, yeah. You know, before too long. But yeah, introducing any of the other number of um, alien races. Uh, you know, I mean, there's. There's a bajillion out there that they could do, so it'd be it'll be pretty interesting to see what what happens in the next week or two as they start to resolve that storyline.
3: Yeah, and it'd be a stretch, but I'd love to see Darkhawk if anybody remembers Darkhawk,
1: one of the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Was he? I believe so. Well,
3: well, I, well not not from the old school, but I'm talking um, unless they've retconned it. But Darkhawk, they had it. it was a newer series in the '90s, and they've expanded it to be in this galactic. Type of group that was all these different people with these hawk armor kind of things, uh, but in the nineties is when they first de- uh, introduced the the character and the, he was actually part of, I believe, the New Warriors for a while. Uh, okay. It's been a long time. I've got most of the the series, so it's kind of little known. They um, a few years ago they did bring the concept of Dark Hawks back for some sort of event, but they didn't really focus on the on Chris Powell who was the main character of the original books. But you know, I'm thinking, know.
1: Of, I'm thinking of Starhawk.
3: Ah, Starhawk. Star <laughs> but yeah, if you're not familiar with Darkhawk, go look it up. Uh, it's probably very hard to find any of the comics because the the series doesn't run anymore and it hasn't run for about ten years or more now. Uh, but I'd love to see you know just because it was a very cool character that just it kind of faded to obscurity. But the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been a great way for obscure characters to get a little bit of limelight and mm-hmm. then grow and expand and suddenly become popular. Very cool, and especially. I, I like how they've used the Inhumans because they were, you know, I only knew a little bit about the Inhumans because they're kind of more like the Fantastic Four's world, and I'm always more of a Spider-Man guy. But it's it's great how they can use them in place of not being able to use mutants or even utter the word "mutant," thanks to Fox. Yeah,
1: yeah they, they they've gotten really clever about that, and the fact that they're setting this up in advance of a movie that's not due out for I don't know. Three or four years now. I believe
3: Um, 2016 was for the humans, wasn't it?
1: No, it's going to be 20. It's it's 2018 if at at, at the earliest. uh, 2016 Hmm. is going to be Captain America: Civil War and um, Doctor Strange. Oh yes. So it's November of 2018 is what it looks like. So you know, it's still right now. It's three years away, and uh, if they're using. Agents of Shield to introduce these characters, they can also probably use uh, Guardians of the Galaxy two to introduce them a little bit further. And uh, just mm-hmm. thinking three years, like how much they're going to grow and how how familiar they're going to be to everybody. So that's uh, that's pretty exciting because these are these are relatively obscure characters. I don't think a lot of people outside of comics know about these these characters. Yeah, they're the you it, know the the main Inhumans at least. And it's nice
2: that uh, we have this TV show that can pull these minor characters and then they can be kind of used i i would like to see him do much much more in the um uh in the movies that's connected to agents of shield because i think there's a lot of a lot of potential there so we'll see how how far that goes and, and you know even uh uh to some extent uh agent carter um when mm-hmm. that when that ends up uh coming back later on this season and you know they they even uh, used her in ant-man
3: at the beginning yeah. so
2: um i was nice I, I like that they're still making these connections it's
1: yeah, i think it's good
3: And of course somewhere before the end of this season I fully expect to have some sort of connection To the Civil War
1: That is a a hypothesis Of ours as well uh, Mm -hmm. as They seem to be linking stuff And there was definitely a lot more links last night Back to Ant-Man and to Avengers Age Ultron So um, we're looking forward to that uh, You know come uh, What would that be? End of April, early May As they come down to the last few episodes
3: So very exciting To see what happens Okay, but as we have beat that subject pretty well to death... Oh, well, I guess unless other... Do we have any other predictions on something you think might be in the works before we let it go? Because we know definitely it's going to be something to Civil War because they've been very good uh, every season pretty much of linking it right straight into something. Uh, Anything else you're expecting? Josh and I talked a little bit about this. We think that they might do a little more
1: linking between uh, Agent Carter and Agent Shield, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with... Um, the Levi, uh, Leviathan group, uh, is that the group the, yeah. the Russian, the Russian mm-hmm. group that was fighting against Carter in the, in the first episode? Um yeah, now that, and
3: created Black Widow.
1: Right, right. And now that Ward's rebuilding Hydra, he's mm-hmm. obviously looking around to hook up with other groups. So there still may be some splinter Hydra groups out there, but uh, Leviathan may be a group that's coming <laughs> back because they also feature in the Secret Warrior storyline that. Agents of Shield appears to be drawing from. So, I think yeah, there's a and, lot and of and Ward is going
2: to need to start getting some uh, some allies uh, so he has some some people to play around with and and uh, give him a hard
3: time. Oh yeah. Which I think he's going to be quite involved here pretty soon because uh, I'm trying. I was trying to remember uh, when it was mentioned that you know as Hunter was very upset about the injury to Bobby's knee, or I like to just call her Mockingbird, even though they've never named her that. Because uh, I'm thinking, didn't Ward have something to do with her knee? Well. Uh- yeah, you he beat her up and... T- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he yeah. That was, I was <laughs> trying to remember, It's like, did he shoot her or did he just beat the daylights no, out of
2: her? No, he, he kind of <laughs> gave her a, a, a snap to that. Like, he, you know, she was down on the ground and he stepped on her leg uh, in the fight oh, that they had, yes. you know, in addition to her fingernails and tying her up and beating her up. And, and yeah, her. Sitting now up I remember in front
1: of the gun and that gun took out <laughs> yeah. part of her
3: lung. So, I think it was. Yeah. But, well, I'm glad so. you guys remembered that because I had forgotten all about that. <laughs> Yeah, that one
2: was burned into my brain, unfortunately. But
3: uh, <laughs> yeah, that was that was a pretty good episode. I was I was kind of on the edge. I was like, she's kind of a mainstream Marvel character. You can't really just kill her. So I was wondering how that was going to end up, and that was very very cool.
1: And she may be getting her own spinoff. Uh, they had it's kind of on again off again, but they have uh, said that they've ordered a uh, pilot for a Mockingbird Hunter uh, spinoff show called Marvel's Most Wanted. So uh-huh. we're
0: speculating. So it's that back a, again.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's back again, and it may be a summer, uh, maybe a summer series that we're getting. At, at this point, it's unknown what's going to happen with that. But uh, I like the I like those two characters together. Uh, they they uh, their banter is uh, is very amusing, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do with them further on this season and
3: potentially in a spinoff. And potentially spinning off the Secret Warriors as well. I've been hearing a lot of buzz about that potentially becoming yet another series. That would be very cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: All right. But moving on to the next premiere. So next Tuesday, October the 6th, this is what got me starting watching uh, the Greg Berlanti produced DC Comics television shows was The Flash. (laughs) Absolutely loved that first season. It just killed it right out of the gate.
2: Yeah. We were so excited just when we heard about the series, um, both Jay and I, we you know, we uh like a lot of the, the D C heroes and um Flash has always been one of my favorite. So we weren't really sure if we wanted to uh do another podcast on it, but uh the more we started hearing about the series and uh seeing what it was gonna look like, uh and then watching the I guess they'd still call it the pilot, right? When he was made a guest appearance on Arrow. Um yeah. it, it, we were just too excited to not talk about it regularly yeah, we, so. we couldn't not do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh so yeah i was very pleased with the first season um uh you know as we talk on our, our shows about all these uh tv series we're, we're pretty uh we're pretty open and honest and if something comes up that that was a little disappointing to us we will we will mention it um on our shows uh and honestly there wasn't a whole lot during uh, the first season of flash that we had to Um, criticize much. I mean, I thought they did a really good job uh, using this character in this kind of new TV universe
3: that they've developed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did hear on some other shows uh, that they they would try to nitpick some things just to try to find something bad to say, but but it would be little tiny things like, it's not really that big a deal, and it won't ruin your enjoyment of the episode, but if you really wanted to dig in, this would be a problem here, but it's not really that big a problem. But yeah, I I really couldn't complain because it it, it really did. It pulled me in from the first episode. And I, and I was, we'll, we'll get into talking about Arrow later. Arrow, the first episode of that, it kind of was like, eh, you know, so I, I really kind of stepped away from it. But it was when, when Steven Amel made his guest appearance as Arrow there in The Flash, and I saw how that character had developed that I started getting interested in going back to watch Arrow. And so it's all The Flash, I think, to, to me at least, helped bring this all together to get me interested.
2: Yeah, I, I like I said, and I think you're, I think that it's pretty uh, common actually um, among a lot of uh, fans that started watching Flash because it it became a, a pretty big property really quickly, and I think it um, uh, not only caused people to start watching, but I think it it, it made the producers and, and, and executives over there at CW uh, may, let them take it in any even more directions, um, and that's. I think one of the reasons that we're going to be getting the Legends of Tomorrow series uh, yeah. uh, later on, too. So, um, yeah. And even I, even to a point, I would probably say Supergirl over on CBS. Excited about that one, too.
1: Yeah, you could say the Flash got up to speed real quickly. <laughs> I mean, you could say that.
2: You could. You could say that. And we say things like that often, I think.
3: because. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, I think what sets Flash apart... And I think it helped it to accelerate and kind of change the game is it, it have that level of levity and that bit of comic book fun uh, without being so dark. Because I, I kind of feel like people are getting a little tired of things being so gritty and so dark all the time. And, you know, going back and watching the first two and, well... 3 kind of was still this way, but it's dark and gritty, and there's that realism, and that's fine for a while, but after a while, you do want some fun, which I think is why they've made a decision with Arrow to, they, they've said this season's going to be a little bit lighter. And I think it's because they learned something from The Flash, like, you know, it's okay to have a little levity, or have a character like Cisco who's naming all the characters... And every bad guy has to have a name, you know, so having that level of fun, and I think that's why everybody liked Felicity when she was uh, first brought in, is because she was sort of the fun character, because she would slip up and say something she didn't mean and have to try to make it sound better and stuff like that. That's why we loved Felicity. And as the, as she went on in air, I'm talking about the completely different series, trying to talk about The Flash. But as Felicity kind of developed, she got more in line with being the super serious, dark, gritty type of thing. And I really lost interest in Felicity. She was not near as much fun, except for her appearance on The Flash. Because yeah, they were was, like, oh, look, we can be light and lev- levity with her again.
1: Yeah, she was great on The Flash. At- and uh, her her chemistry with Barry um, uh, on the uh, some of the extras on the, the Blu Ray set. There's the original screen test, which is her and Barry because of, she spent so much time with him on the Arrow, uh, mm-hmm. his first appearance on Arrow. You know that that was what helped them decide to a can't uh, cast Grant and Gustin and and as um, you know that they could really make this kind of serious work. And uh, I I totally agree with you about the the levity on the show. It. Uh, it is kind of a, a breath of fresh air um, having that and, and we we definitely try to have fun on uh, Scarlet Velocity with that, um, especially with the villain thing. So, not that we try to have a gimmick on all of our shows but for whatever reason it kind of worked out on, um, on Scarlet Velocity that Josh will introduce himself and then every time I introduce myself, I am introducing myself as the villain that week. Um, and <laughs> Of course, because they have such strange names that, you know, like the actual comic book names. Um, yeah. We, you know, I try to come up with something funny, you know, and we play around with that throughout the episode. So it's, uh, it adds a little, you know, a little something else that, uh, you know, we're having fun with just as, you know, in talking about the show that uh, we can kind of tie off the show. Well, and a
2: great thing about <laughs> – having a show where we talk about the flash and having a series of the flash is that the character itself, even in the comics has just this rich history of, of a variety of villains, um, really interesting, creative villains, you know, and sometimes people you would, you would never expect. I mean, like the trickster, you know, yeah. um, and, 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 uh, uh, this rogues gallery. So they have so many different characters that are really Flash specific, whereas you got your you know agents of shield and 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 even arrow where they're pulling villains from other uh, franchises and other characters in the in the universes in the comic universes. Um, whereas Flash has these ready made list of awesome villains. So yeah, you got
1: ten easy to st- like you could probably just name ten right off the bat. And I think they you know they probably did eight of those, uh, or maybe they did all ten of them. You know, last season they hit they hit the top uh f- at least top 5 villains. Uh, oh yeah. Through the season and you know there were the villains that Josh and I both had as our uh you know secret favorites that you know as long as they deal with this person at some point during the season we'll be happy and they went above and beyond.
3: And perfectly cast uh, with a lot of them. I I really love the the actor who's playing Captain Cold. Yes. Oh yeah, Wentworth <laughs> Miller. Yes, he's brought such a sinister charm to the character <laughs> that it's just, oh, because cause normally, you know, I remember him on the old Super Friends cartoon, and he was always a little cheesy, so I was like, oh, man, I hope they can do Captain Cold where he comes across a little better, and they just cast him perfectly, because he's got that sinister cheese, but mixed with that the perfect amount of dark and evil charm kind of thing that just... It just makes – you want to see more of him. I'm very excited to have him part of the Legends of Tomorrow.
1: Yeah, and bringing his uh, Prison Break co-star back to be Heat Wave was just – I mean, that was very (laughs) inspired casting with uh, Dominic Purcell there. I thought that was uh, pretty cool.
3: Yeah, and introducing – I had never heard of the Golden Glider, even though they did some, I guess, some weird stuff with her powers. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, it might be an improvement in some ways because uh, apparently what she did before was she was pretty much like a rollerblader, you know? She was like but DC's see,
1: version of the Dazzler, I think. So. Yeah. Uh,
3: so, but the the odd part with her golden gun, uh, for lack of a better term there, Mr. Mm-hmm. James Bond fan, Um it, where does she get all this gold from, or do you think it's supposed to be like a weird gold, gold-colored adhesive that she's spraying out of that gun? Because that'd be a lot of gold to generate, and couldn't she just, instead of, you know, I don't know, life of crime, just spray that gun for a while and get you a good stack of gold and then live high on the hog?
1: Did, didn't we talk about this, Josh? The fact I, that if uh, Cisco was able to create some sort of alchemy machine, like, why didn't he just keep it for himself? Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think we we kind of determined that it's not actually gold. It's just a gold-colored, you know, substance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> an no! adhesive of some sort, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, she's so she's so vain and and uh, uh, loves the attention so much. I think that that she just really latched on to it. And I, I think even if it was real gold, I think she would still uh, go out with her brother and and you know live that life of crime because of the <laughs> the excitement and the action. That just seems like the kind of
3: person she is. Yeah. And, you know, maybe she'll be popping up in Legends of Tomorrow then as well. Who knows? Because she was rather a fun character. So Yeah, well, I, I am looking
2: forward to some that they didn't get to, like Mirror Master. But I definitely want to see some of the return ones. And I am anxious to see if they bring Grodd back uh, this season. Oh, I'm pretty sure he'll be back. <laughs> the, the, the Gorilla Grodd episodes were... Um, very well pulled off. I, those were the ones I was probably the most worried about, and also uh, that I was the most pleased about. So, um, yeah, it, it was it was really fun to see how they did that. And uh, uh, you know, actually, we uh, over the summer we we were able to talk to um, the voice actor that uh,
3: was able to you know do the voice of Grodd um david volobos yeah david soboloff and um, yeah, or soboloff yeah. i keep wanting to call him Vol- Vol- volobos because that's his twitter handle which i had a bit of a hand in getting <laughs> you connected with him yes I'll you take did I, so that's why i wanted
2: to mention that <laughs> so i wanted to, to thank you uh for for hooking us up with him and and uh he was a great guy to talk uh talk to and and um i'm i'm really hoping that they bring him back again this uh this year because that was just fantastic
3: yeah, they they took something that could have been incredibly silly with a talking telepathic gorilla and made it incredibly frightening. It, it was it impressive, and it,
1: it, it came across that way. And that was the, we were you know we were concerned that it might be a little cartoony, but um, I also know that when we saw the uh, pilot and they had Grodd's cage there, I, you know I had a chill go down my back because I'm like, it that is it, when if they can pull that off properly, they know how to handle the show, and right. It's, so totally. Berlanti, is, he knows what he's doing. I mean, hes he can go do anything he wants now, it seems like. <laughs> and he <Yeah>. is. <laughs> I just hope he
3: doesn't overdo it and overstretch himself to where he just can't keep everything at the level of quality we've come to expect from him. Yeah, agreed. Because there was a lot of people worried that when The Flash started and The Flash was doing so well, that maybe he was focusing his attention on The Flash and then kind of left the arrow to kind of do its own thing, and it kind of wobbled a little bit during Season 3.
1: Well, he's only, a, I think, uh, an associate producer. He's not the main executive producer. Uh, I, I, Guggenheim seems to be the one that leads Arrow for the most part. Berlanti's leading The Flash, but he's also going to be leading um, Supergirl. But, you know, he's mm-hmm. got a team with him and uh, a team of talented writers, I know, on, on all those shows that, uh, you know, kind of share um, duties across, you know, the different networks and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, you know, i i think I think we're in good hands. We'll see how we'll see how the next seasons go here with the you know the addition of the uh, of the extra shows and stuff like that. But uh, I think uh, all three shows, uh, you know, Supergirl included, there are going to be pretty strong this season.
3: I should think so because they've got a good thing going, and I think they've attracted a lot of attention, a lot of people paying attention, and uh, I think that's caused for more outcry than I've heard in a long time. Of DC following in Marvel's footsteps and finding a way to have their movies connected a bit more with television because I mean there was a huge outcry with with Smallville ending that they go ahead and let Tom Welling come and play Superman in some movies which of course didn't happen yeah and so now we've got this second round where the television is so strong and that I gotta say the DC movies well other than those well the first two of the, the the newer Christopher Nolan Batman's were excellent you know but and then these other DC movies have been kind of meh. Yeah, you know the, the Dark Knight Rises was was well, it was okay, it was good, and then Man of Steel. Uh, I, I I wanted to like it. There was a lot of to like about it, but it just didn't feel like Superman.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, well, we'll the see, way-
3: now they're bringing uh, uh,
2: Flash into the movies, um, and, yeah. and we'll see how how that works. I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm I'm wary, but uh, hopeful that that a lot of these will uh work out well. Um but for now, I've got the TV series Flash and I'm still super excited and having a great time with that. So.
3: Oh, yes, and uh a lot of potential things can happen this season cuz we did get teased for Killer Frost. Uh I think we've been half expecting Vibe after some of the things that happened to Cisco and he's able to remember stuff that happened through alternate timelines and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's teasing that that's coming and they've already went ahead and dropped the ball and say oh yeah by the way Jay Garrick and i i hear there's a photo been leaked of the actor in his flash costume who's playing Jay Garrick uh, yeah,
4: yeah
1: he i haven't he gotten actually chance posted to it look. to his instagram or twitter uh, the other yeah yesterday i think it was yeah well and there's haven't actually gotten a chance
2: to actually even a even a trailer uh with a with a very short scene of with him in it fantastic so um so, yeah, so only just a, just a few more days to wait for, for that one. So
1: Yeah, totally, terribly excited that there is a uh, superhero named Jay on TV right now. I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> I'm
2: just kind of, you know, whatever. <laughs> 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 <Sure>. <laughs> so.
3: well, the one thing I was really expecting with uh, you know, some potential changes on Arrow, where if, if, uh, if Oliver Queen is happy, he doesn't really have much reason to come back... And uh, be the arrow. So there's been a lot of prediction that something's going to happen to happen to between him and Felicity, or something happened to Felicity that causes him to be unhappy. But what I would kind of would, wouldn't would be surprised about is from the end of Flash, uh, with, uh, Eddie Thon killing himself and basically screwing up the entire timeline because you have Eobard Thon from the future now doesn't even exist, so he doesn't come back and cause Barry to become the Flash. So wh- what my thought would be is this weird, uh, Vortex is was time changing, but because Barry was trying to stop it and ran up into it, and he's going into an Earth two, I'm thinking the entire world could be changing that, that he's used to. And when by the time he comes back to his normal world, he's still going to have the Flash powers because he mm-hmm. he didn't go properly through the vortex with everybody else, so he can a, still you know yeah. tap, touch the Speed Force. But those changes could maybe go and affect Arrow. And maybe that affects the Oliver Felicity relationship and you know alters the timeline over there that's kind of my guess
1: I, I think it was on our on our Green Justice Arrow podcast that I had this really convoluted theory about that last uh, season because I was trying to apologize for what Oliver was doing on that show and how we could possibly get him out of the stupid mess that the writers put him into and so <laughs> I had a whole back to the future alternate timeline and uh, it, uh, I posted a picture on our Facebook page and uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen now. The the, the, <laughs> the the Kind of the realization I came to with that uh, when we were discussing it uh, was that to be able, for people that don't watch Flash and just watch Arrow, if there are such people out there, to have something on another TV show affect your TV show at such a fundamental level would be... Agents
3: of S.H.I.E.L.D. did that. Almost had a movie of. completely alter the entire series, with with so what possible, or with with uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, the oh. events of that completely altered Agents of Shield. So and people were able to go with it and thought it was cool. So right, but they did the setup maybe?
1: for that. On I know, but yeah, they they had the setup on the show. I mean, they had elements of it there. I, I you yeah. know I realize that you come back the next week and it's like if you didn't see the movie, it's like you know what's going on here. <laughs> but. Yeah. Like what happened? <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I like you said, Jay, I don't I don't
2: think they'll do that just because it is a, a separate show. I I still am of the mind and I know I don't have to wait too much longer to find this out, but yeah. I think that they're going to uh it's gonna be something that the the team convinces him to come back that he, only he can help them with, um, you know, it's something dangerous or something has happened to Thea or or one of the others. But um, I think it's going to be more along the lines of, of that. I still don't know what. I don't know what would be serious enough to get him to come
3: back. But um, we will find out and then we will decide how well they pulled it off. Yeah, the, the teasers seem to be indicating that they can't find a way to convince him to come back. So I, you know, I don't know if there's going to be any ramifications from maybe an altered time at all, but I think there might be something. But yeah, I would really like to see how it is they convince him to come back because I, you know, his, his motivation for becoming Arrow was at first was just simply trying to clean up his father's mess pretty much mm-hmm. uh and so you know trying to keep some sort of a motivation through each season because like this this third season was really about questioning who he really is and it seemed he decided well i'm all over queen and i'm this person and i don't want this life anymore over here as the arrow i don't know how you spend an entire season building him to this certain conclusion and to suddenly having him change his mind and finding a new motivation, I'm not sure how you do that, but I'm sure they found something cool that we're gonna. Oh yeah, just I think go out of our minds. They're gonna, yeah.
2: they're gonna. Uh, I think they thought of something good, and I think it will tie back to his. Uh, let's see, one, two, three, four. Mission statement. <laughs> four. Yes, tie back to his mission statement. No, his fourth year. Uh, in around
3: the island not on
2: the island <laughs> yeah the yeah the
3: non island that he was supposed to have been yes. stranded on okay oh, oh yeah, how about in,
2: in around the uh,
3: you know 5 years of hell that he had to
2: experience so there um yeah. but so yeah i think it'll it'll somehow be connected to that but
3: um, amanda waller will be back so
2: and, yes. and i think you know even with the uh, uh, i'm not going to say missteps even with the uh, directions that maybe we didn't expect season 3 to go i did really enjoy the overall season and I like a lot of the stuff that came out of it including uh, you know Ray Palmer and um, uh, the way that they ended up taking uh, Thea and turning her into Speedy and the way that uh, Laurel became Black Canary. I really actually thought I, I didn't know how they were going to accomplish those things and the just the, the subtle storylines that eventually all came together in the end. Um, i was i was really pleased with with parts of that you know did it go maybe the exciting way that I expected when the season first started no but uh, I did like how they got to some of those things so wasn't my favorite season yeah. but I definitely enjoyed it overall
3: yeah it felt like some of the story they could have done a little faster but they were trying to Time it out just right with the flash to have the fla- you know Barry show up in those few last few episodes to free them all and stuff like that. So I think it was it was a timing issue to keep them running together that they kind of stretched things out a little too far because it was great at the first and then it just it, as it, after that winter break is when it started to just slow down for me.
1: Yeah, as we discussed, they uh, they they it seems like they had a storyline for their flashback that they needed to stretch to fill 22 episodes instead of resolving it sooner and then by the time everybody kind of realized what was going on uh, for the main storyline it's like oh we still have got another 7 episodes and uh, we just on our one of our summer specials we just went through all the different episodes and it's like this was a really good episode it was a standalone episode and it kind of stepped away from the main plot of Oliver is he going to be a bad guy or is he not going to be a bad guy and They just kind of prolonged the stuff and tried to stretch the uh, the believability um, and, uh, you know, make the audience really think that Oliver was going to be a bad guy when we all know full well that that's not going to happen. And so it it almost bordered on ridiculousness uh, by the time they got down to the last three or four episodes, I think.
3: I was really kind of wondering if they would take it the direction where it's like, okay, well, if I am now the head of the League of the Assassins and they do everything I say, can't I say, all right, no more killing? But you will now, you know, we are going to be this team and we can go save these cities, but we don't have to kill anybody to do it. I know I because know I've been doing it for the past year, mm-hmm. you know. I would have loved that for a different twist of things. Mm-hmm. But uh, I like what they did do it, where it was the the big ruse and everything. But I I had that question in the back of my head: if you're in charge, can't you say the killing stops now?
1: Yeah, I, but then they're I not think, the League of Assassins anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So they yeah, got a chance their right. name the League of URL. Assassins. Are-
3: <laughs> the lawyers get involved. Red tape. URL. <laughs>
2: uh I, I yeah and i I think the League of assassins itself is just too is much so much bigger than one man or one leader. I don't think uh he could have made that big of big of change without um some serious repercussions of somebody saying uh I don't like this, I think maybe we'll try to take it from him and and uh you know make it what it's supposed to be but um yeah we had yeah we we kind of speculated whether whether he could do that or not but um, in the end it all worked out and he got a little vacation. So.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: Uh what did y'all think of the actor who played Raish al Ghul or do you prefer Ra's al Ghul? Were you guys happy with his performance?
2: At, in... at first I was a little skeptical. Um in the end I, I you know I thought it worked. But
1: I, I, it yeah, I liked different. his I liked his monologue scenes and everything but I I don't know he This seems weird to say, because one of the things that I always uh, joke about for the show, because since it's on the CWs, you know, it's like everyone, you know, they could have um, Doc Brown show up on the show, and he'd be played by a 28-year-old hot, chiseled man. Um, (laughs) You know, so to have Matt Nabel on there, who is, I think he's mid-40s or something like that. I mean, he looked really good for his age, but, and I know he's supposed to be kind of immortal I, I don't know. It. There were some things about it that uh, worked, and some other things I felt that didn't work. I, I thought he's a really good actor, but in the in the vein that they were going to with the the League of Assassins, they they, they got into a little more melodrama, uh, you know, kind of Shakespearean stuff there, which I think worked well for him. But that's not kind of the stuff that's how Stephen Amell is seen in the show. So. It was a. It was just a different tone that they were setting with it. But I mean, he he did a he did a good job for what he was brought on for. I thought.
3: Yeah, I I'd say he's definitely a good actor, but I don't know if he was necessarily right for for the role, except for maybe the way they were presenting him. Because I really I really enjoyed Liam Neeson's performance of Ray Ghul, mm-hmm. and because I to me the 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 best Raishal Ghul I've seen was actually the old Batman animated series because that's when I was first introduced to him, and just having um. Oh, and I can't think of his name. He was in Tron. Um Jeff Bridges? Oh. <laughs> went right out my head. It wasn't Jeff Bridges. It was, you know, he was the he was uh um Sark. Oh, David Warner. You know. David Warner. Having David Warner in their voicing Rachel Ghoul and the way he did it cuz he has just enough of that very distinguished kind of British accent that it has that highly intelligent sound and I think that's part of what I thought was missing from the portrayal of Rachel Ghoul is you could tell he was supposed to be this kind of wizened guy, but it didn't sound, and he didn't carry himself the the way I expected him. to. Yeah, for, for he me, didn't seem wise.
1: The, the character, I mean, because I was introduced to the character with in Batman comics back when Neil Adams was drawing him, and um, and in like Batman: Son of the Demon, the graphic novel. So I I, I kind of felt he should have been more Arabic um, because that's yeah. kind of what he's designed as and you know Liam Neeson I thought he did a great job for that but you know it's kind of getting into that discussion of like whitewashing of uh, people of color and stuff like that in, in movies and, and it, it's great but you know that's not really the background for uh Ghul so you know again you, 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 it's a balancing act right it's like you know what can you get what do you
3: want to do with the character um, so we'll see. Yep. Yeah. And I, part of me still expects him to not be dead though. <laughs> Cause it's Ra's Ghoul He can't die. Right. So um, I still have somewhere in the back of my head that he's going to be back. Uh, even, even if he's not a major player in any of the current storylines, uh, I don't know. Pretty he, much he everybody that's like died on
1: Arrow has stayed
3: dead, right, Josh? Oh, yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, has, you know, there's nothing. There's not going to be a Lazarus in Arrow, remember? <laughs> <sighs>
1: Deadshot so... kills me. Oh, every time. <laughs> <laughs> ah,
2: one mistake at the beginning of the series, you know. That's okay. At the beginning of the series, <laughs> I'm that's like, positive. oh, well, they
3: killed him off pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Oh, my goodness. Well, I. I, we pretty much, I guess, got to wrap it up. I'd kind of like to hear if you have any predictions for Flash and Arrow of something you're you expecting to see that you're excited about. Uh, but we're running kind of short on time.
2: Well, I'll, I'll make I'll, – I'll do a, a quick Flash prediction uh, or not – well, I don't know. I'm excited to see where they go with it. Um, I am actually very excited to see uh, how they use Jay Garrick. I always – that version of the Flash has always been um, – Um, fun for me Uh, and uh, I'd also am very interested to see how they bring back Tom Cavanaugh and uh, how they're going Mm. to be using professor zoom. So um, I I don't know, I don't know how they're going to work it, but every time I, I wonder about things like that, those writers pull something out that makes me excited and, and uh, usually
3: scream out loud. So um, I'm I'm very excited about that. I'm hopeful with an altered timeline that, that, Tom Cavanaugh can come back and actually really be Professor Wells because mm-hmm. nobody went back and killed him. Right. Exactly. So he could still be but, the character.
2: But that relationship will be totally different. So we'll see. Oh, yes. Yeah. Cause
3: Barry, <laughs> Barry will have his own timeline that get like with my kind of thought with the vortex of he went through it, maybe he's not altered like everybody else is, mm-hmm. but he would come back and there's the real Professor Wells, but the way he's going to remember it is going to be different. So there's going to be a bit of tension, you know, even though that's the real thing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah so, so that's that's what I'm uh, looking forward to on Flash. Oh uh yeah, and and especially if you consider the possibility with a killer frost. Uh, the interesting thing from that is you could have, oh, and I forgot the character's name altogether. Caitlin, uh, Caitlin, Caitlin, yeah. yes, because him, him, and Caitlin were you know kind of close, kind of good friends. But if you if he comes back and it's a completely changed world where they don't even know him, then that really does it makes it interesting. Plus, it does kind of feed into the possibility to where we could see her grow and become the Killer Frost, mm-hmm. that the tragic part is that Barry remembers the way she was in his timeline, but she's kind of maybe a different person. And, you know, this possibility type of thing. But anyways, Jay, you were going to say?
1: I was going to say, on, on Arrow, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to what they do with the uh, flashbacks this year. Uh, they, As I said before, they kind of faltered, I think, on the flashbacks last year because they didn't quite have enough to fill it out. And we kind of know where the flashbacks have to end up uh, next season, presumably end up. I mean, the fact that he gets off the island if we're kind of doing it uh, as a year by year. So this year Mm -hmm. is kind of unknown, and it looks like they're introducing a new love interest to him in the flashbacks. Um, And uh, we've got a bunch of new uh, characters that are coming on to show, including uh, uh, Mr. Terrific, uh, as well as other guest stars with – uh, you know, from the Flash and stuff like that. So uh, I'm I'm eager to see them lighten up a little bit as well as expand their mythos and, and get stuff ready for uh, Legends of Tomorrow.
3: Yep, and maybe even a surprise appearance by Gorilla Grodd on Arrow. How cool would that oh, be? Oh, that would be
1: great. <laughs> that would be nice.
3: <laughs> see how they find a way to, to uh, deal with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, but once again, so you guys can be found on Green Justice, Scarlet Velocity, and... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Case Files, and all of these are on Random Chatter?
1: Randomchatter.com with uh, the premieres of the new uh, season. Uh, Each time there's a new season uh, episode coming out in the next couple weeks here, they'll also be on Forcecast.net. So you can find us there, find us on iTunes, find us on Stitcher, find us on Twitter, find us on Facebook. Just find us. (laughs) If you look, you'll find them. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> I have checked. If you, if you Google any of those uh, show titles, you'll you'll find our podcast, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Case Files, Green Justice, or Scarlet
3: Velocity. And, of course, look for links in your show notes for Neverland Podcast. And, of course, Jedi Schwa, or Joshua, whichever you want to call him, can also be heard on Techno Retro Dads. You've heard their promo several times on this show already, and if you haven't started listening to them, I don't know why you're not So it's him and Shaz Bazaar, and they're having a grand old time talking about things that they enjoyed when they were young and sharing it with their children. It's a great show. It does remind me of kind of what I'm doing, but I'm doing more of a Disney version of the same thing.
2: (laughs) We're having a good time, and it's now October, so we're going to be sneaking up here on Halloween. And, of course, Back to the Future is uh, very important this month, so uh, we
3: may be talking about that as well. Great Scott! (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Great Scott is what you might hear me exclaim When you hear what's going on with the uh, Techno Retro Fantasy Football League It's my first time trying to do fantasy football And I'm 0-3 <laughs> Oh no.
1: well, the whole
2: idea is I'm getting killed and, and you've already got a better record than I did last year I don't know how that works But I think I lost more than three games in the first three weeks So it's, you know <laughs>
3: <laughs> And it didn't help that Drew Brees Didn't play this week Because that really hurt <laughs> Yeah, that yeah, yeah. You got to check that. So, <laughs> yeah. The thing is, I think that's the only quarterback I grabbed. I got Carson Palmer in that weird position of of it's like a WR, whatever. So I guess he's just automatic points for whatever he does. <laughs> but yeah, I need a backup quarterback, and I didn't draft one, so I'm not very good at this. But anyway, <laughs> so then Jay has another show that he does. It's for all you Star Wars fans.
1: It's uh, called Jedi Journals. It covers Star Wars literature, uh, everything you need to know about books, comics, and magazines monthly on ForceCast.net. My co-host Chris and I, we break down everything that's going on. I'll tell you about all the books that are coming out in advance of uh, The Force Awakens and uh, occasionally have interviews with different authors, artists, and uh, uh, other literature-related folks. And I have to tell you, I, I have never met anybody in the entire
2: universe that knows more about Star Wars literature than Jay does, so I, I highly recommend listening to that show.
3: Yeah, I'd love to hear that. I'm sure you had a great episode when they decided that nothing in those books was canon anymore. Yeah. You were like <laughs> what? Yeah, we've
1: we've, but, uh, we've had several different conversations about stuff along those lines, and uh, but uh, it's uh, it's all fun because you know if uh, if you've got books on your shelf and they there are stories that you like to read. You can read whatever you want to read and believe whatever you want to believe, and that's totally cool. And if you like the new stuff that's coming out, that's
3: great as well. Yep. Oh, and you must have been excited about uh, the announcement I just picked up today that December 18th they are going to have a lot of different Star Wars Force Awakens tied, tie-in books.
1: Yeah, they, uh, they've they got a bunch that they just released at the beginning of September called Journey to the Force Awakens that are teasing elements about it but uh, are telling stories you know, shortly after Return of the Jedi, and then, yeah, basically, as soon as the the day the movie hits, uh, you get, I don't know, I think there's a couple dozen different books, you know, for for little kids as well as for adults.
3: Yeah, sticker books and the art of Star Wars. <laughs>
1: yeah, art of Star Wars, Force Awakens. Uh, those are the kind of books that I'm I look forward to in the making of, which will won't be due out until I think March.
3: Ah, uh, well, thanks guys for coming on today. This was fun. Well, thanks, thanks for inviting you. us.
1: Yes, thank you very much, and uh,
2: you know I I really encourage everybody to watch these uh, all three of these TV series because they're they're a lot of fun, and and Jay and I have a great time talking about them and uh, comparing them to uh, different uh, characters and and Easter eggs that they put in that are in the comic books as
3: well. So um, that's always fun to find those. Yeah, and especially if you're like a Marvel Disney type guy like me, it's always fun to be able to go through and experience these characters and then get excited about a character and then jump on Google and say, oh, I want to know more about this person and the fun of Discovery. And that's, that's really how I've been through the season because, I, like I said, I'm not a DC guy. I just like some of the characters. Uh, but I've learned so much about different villains, and I mean, I hadn't even heard of Killer Frost until, you know, with Caitlin there. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's just it's really fun to go and learn more and get excited about the comics. And then, oh, by the way, actually read some of the comics, because you'll probably like those too.
0: <laughs>
3: For sure. Yeah, that's one of my philosophies. If you're enjoying the movies that Marvel makes or the movies or TV shows that DC makes, go read some of the comics, because reading is fundamental. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> the more you know. Doo-doo-doo. And then when you start reading, you can start reading more Star Wars books and listen to Jay's show. See? See, it, it all works. It all ties together. It's, it's all connected. connected. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all connected. Right. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Well, thank you. Thank you. Okay, well, that's going to wrap things up for us. I do remind you to go to btmpodcast.com for Behind the Magic. See how we do with the creativity round of their Disney Podcasters Tournament. Also, don't forget to check out Green Justice, Scarlet Velocity. Take No Retro Dads, and of course, Agents of Shield's Case File. I'm going to put all these links into the show notes. Also, you're going to find all of these other podcasts are going to become friends of the show, and they'll have a nice little icon there at NeverlandPodcast.com, which, by the way, make sure you visit. Find out how you can become an official Lost Boy or Pixie by joining the Neverlanders. Why do we have Pixies and not Lost Girls? Because girls are too clever, and they don't get lost. Uh, also come, of course, back next week. We're going to have lots more fun. And, you know, we're coming up on the, the magic day for Back to the Future Part 2. So, uh, yeah, definitely stick around. I'm going to kind of I'm gonna figure out what I want to do for that. I have not decided yet. There's just so much to do. But make sure you come back next week. And remember to keep that pixie in your pocket by, of course, I mean, that's that young at heart and very good attitude. And make sure you share it with others by sometimes just a handshake, a hug, or a, or a hey, good morning, how are you today? Till we see you next week. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and Blueberry. We love to hear from you on twitter.com slash and facebook.com slash NeverlandPodcast. Leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492 and send email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. Join us next week and we once again go to Disney and beyond. The Neverland Podcast is copyright Blue Band Productions and all original content belongs to the same. Other content is copyright of their respective creators and is used under Creative Commons license.